What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Catch Up with Clayton. I'm your host, Clayton. And shit, we have a lot of stuff to cover in this episode. This was probably the most packed week, the most awe-inspiring week I think I've had in uh, probably my entire life. Certainly since recording my life and recording this whole experience. Um, but with that said, like, we, let's just jump right into it. I'm, and right now I'm recording, looking at all three pyramids. The setup's a little interesting. I'm like sitting on my bed and it's, it's a little bit of a chaotic situation, but I wouldn't have it any other way. That's the excitement of traveling. That's the excitement of the unknown not sure where I'm going to record, but just knowing I'm going to be recording it. <sighs> and shit, if you hear some noise in the background, it's because Cairo's a crazy city, crazy people, crazy music, but we'll get it all into all that. So let's start off by picking up where we left off, where I was recording in a lot, uh, which is in the southern tip of um, Israel. Um, so since that recording, we... What happened? We went to a Brazilian steakhouse. Why would you go to a Brazilian steakhouse in Israel? I don't know, but we asked our Uber driver, like, hey man, like, you know, what's a good place to eat in here? And I knew we asked for authentic Israeli food, but he recommended a Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> so, which was actually called Casa de Fogo or Casa de, Casa de Fogo. I, I'm kind of blanking. I didn't really write it down, <laughs> but that's what he recommended. We went and honestly don't really recommend it. You know, if you're going to get Brazilian food, go to Brazil. The Brazilian steakhouse wasn't that great, which, you know, maybe you should have known. But regardless, it took us a while to actually get our bill. And this is why I include this in here is it took us a while to kind of get us get the bill and we were trying to figure out why, like we're trying to like make eye contact with people. They weren't giving it to us. And so we're like sitting there kind of like, all right, like what's going on? Like, you know, someone, you know, we're trying to get out of here. Well, this happened at another restaurant and then another restaurant in Israel. And so on the third time around, I was like, all right, I'm going to ask the waiter, like what's going on here. And cause he was a super cool dude. He had been to like California before he spoke great English. And so he was like, yeah, man, like it's considered rude in Israel for people to give you the check or ask if you want the check. Like it's just super frowned upon and considered super rude. And he even commented, he's like, yeah, it's opposite of everything else in Israeli culture. And at first it struck me as odd, but then I realized like Israelis are kind of rude. Like I'll, I'll be honest about it. And I'm kind of hesitating a little because I do have um, you know, Jewish friends and people with Israeli descent. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Maybe I don't know who can change it, but I'm just putting it out there that Israelis are kind of rude. Like we'll get into, actually, it's probably a great transition. Um, <laughs> first of all, it was actually pretty crazy. Like there's no personal space with people. Like I can't tell you the number of times that like someone stepped on me or there was even an instance in the airport where a lady had like one of those carts that you use where you'd put your luggage on it and this cart 
I don't know why, but it had like little nails sticking out of it. And I can't tell you how many times she hit me with it and my brother, probably at least five times as we're waiting in line and just didn't apologize, didn't say anything. It was just like, oh, like that happens kind of thing. And to me, it was just like, what the hell is going on here? And there were so many times that people would like walk into you and bump you. And <laughs> the one time that sent me over the edge, we were... It was after we go. So this was whenever we actually were leaving Israel and this is technically later in the story. But, you know, just to make my point, we were wait. We were sitting and waiting for my dad to kind of pack stuff into his thing. And we were in the airport and, you know, we're sitting kind of like on the side, like if there's a section of bench on the side of this huge kind of terminal, this like area of like a walkway, you know, easily 50 feet, you know, clearance. And my brother and I are kind of facing my dad, facing the wall, waiting for him to get ready. And I, someone bodies me like in the back and I like turn around and see like this two couple walking by, they don't turn around. They don't say anything. And I look around and there's nobody else within a solid (laughs) hundred foot radius to me. I'm just like, I lost it. I started laughing. I honestly couldn't stop laughing till we got on the plane. Like it was absolutely insane that there was literally no effort to go out of the way. (laughs) It <laughs> just decided to hit me. I still can't stop laughing about that. <laughs> um, but there's more about that a little bit later in this. I just wanted to bring that up. And there's going to be another instance of Aurelius being a little a little bit rude in uh, an airport experience. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, but before that, we went into Petra. And to get to Petra, there's a level of... The way we went, at least, was crossing the Alat uh, Wadi Wadi Arab Arab Aqaba. It was like the Wadi Aqaba Wadi Rum Aqaba crossing. I can't really remember because there's like four different names for it. And we kind of went with a tour group, so we met up with like five other people at this hotel, and you know we're t- chatting with them, and it's comprised of like you know a bunch of different travelers. They're super cool people, and <laughs> one of the travelers was a, a girl. Uh, it was a girl from the UK, super soft spoken, super sweet, like, you know, just this typical, like no harm, no foul kind of girl. Like you could just tell she was like a angel of a soul. And so we're crossing, we're going through the crossing and we get through the Israeli side and we're now on the Jordanian side and they kind of put our stuff through a metal detector. And, you know, pretty much the entire tour goes through and she's like the second to last. My dad's the last person to put his stuff there. And she kind of gets held up and we're all like kind of through the security checkpoint, like looking back, like what's going on. And we're kind of sitting there and they're like, Hey, like is something in here. And she's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I have like an ornament and stuff. And you know, she was telling my dad like, Oh, she's like these ornaments and whatnot. And so they, excuse me, pull out like her stuff and, it was this thing like completely wrapped, you know, in plastic and like taped up. And they're like, we need to see what's in here. And she's like, oh, it's just an ornament. And they're like, all right, well, we need to see it. And so they open it up and it's just this like probably 10 inch like blade, <laughs> knife blade of just like this authentic, you know, uh, I, I don't know where she got it, maybe Israel, but it was like this blade. <laughs> and they're just like, what are you doing with this? Like, you can't just bring this into another country. They ended up like questioning her for probably five to 10 minutes. 
it was a whole ordeal, but it was crazy. Uh, she ended up being all right. She just had to declare it, write it down, and you know, kind of. Yeah, we we ended up getting through all right. She was a little bit, you know, sorry about it, but you know, at the end of the day, it was just crazy. It was kind of funny. Um, yeah. So we made it into Jordan. Uh, she made it into Jordan. We then kind of got on a bus uh, to head towards Petra, which those who don't know, Petra is actually a town. I personally thought that, you know, if you look up Petra, you usually get this image of what is called the treasury, which is this huge engraving of, of rock that was like, kind of like this tomb of a person. And I don't want to get into the whole thing, but I'm just laying that out there that Petra is actually an entire city. And yeah. So on the first day we, um, Ended up going there, met some dope people from Spain. So if you guys are listening, shout out to you guys. We saw the treasury, which is like that original, you know, thing that you see. I posted on my Instagram about it. So if you see a picture of me and Petra, that's the that's the first one on my Instagram. We then kind of like went throughout it, saw the royal tombs, and there's so much stuff. There's just so many like encarvings and like just so such cool and unique stuff in that area. And I, I have it written here that the, no one really even knew about Petra until maybe like 100 years ago. Definitely verify that. But I think it's so crazy that all of this stuff was just kind of like lost to time, you know, around since like the Roman Empire era before that even. And we completely forgot about it until about 100 years ago, which I find just absolutely fascinating of itself. So... You know, throughout the first day of the tour, we had a tour guy saying, oh, you got to check out like the monastery. You got to check out the Roman road. And, you know, to us, we were, he was like, you know, it's a couple miles that way, blah, blah, blah. And so we were just like, all right, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll think about it and, you know, whatever, because we were with the tour group. So, you know, you can only do so much. And so we ended up, sorry, I'm getting distracted by the pyramids. They're just so amazing. So super cool. So we ended up staying a night in the town of Petra. We then ended up going back to the, I guess, ancient city section of Petra, which is absolutely amazing, guys. Like, go go spend two days in Petra. You, you're going to want to do it. Because on the second day, we went to the monastery section. And the way it's kind of, imagine it kind of like laid out as like a square where you kind of like there's one entrance that you go in, you kind of like walk down between these canyons, you get to the treasury and then you get to the royal tombs and then you keep walking. You would go past essentially like this Roman road and then it would take you on this hike to the monastery. Well, the second day we go, we tell our taxi driver like, yeah, we're trying to go to the monastery. We were at Petra day one. And he's like, oh, well, you got to go in like this back entrance. Like this is the way to do it. And me and my brother are just like, all right, like, you know, when in Rome, <laughs> let's fucking do it. We, he drops us off at the back and there's just a shack. Like imagine just you're in the desert. There's mountains on either side of you and there's just a shack with two <laughs> Jordanians wrapped up in, you know, like, you know, I guess I would call it like Muslim attire. And it's just me and my brother getting dropped off by this cab. And he's like, all right, I'll try to like get you guys all the way to the stairs if I can. And he couldn't. <laughs> so me and my brother get out and he's just like, all right, you're just going to walk straight, but like stay to the left. 
Now imagine you're in a desert and you see a little bit of a road and you just like just walk straight but stay to the left. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, man, we'll try to figure it out. So we kind of just walked for maybe half a mile and then like we're kind of staying to the left, but we're not really sure if we're in the right spot. The road starts like kind of diverging into multiple directions. And, you know, luckily enough, we saw a sign that said monastery. We start walking that way. We then see like this little like I guess a a hut made out of towels and you know it says like coffee but there's like <laughs> there's like I didn't even realize this till now there's like skull heads sitting beside it and in front of it and all this stuff and I'm just like Jared I don't know if we want to do this man like <laughs> this is pretty crazy we're like fuck it like let's go say hi to them I'd love a coffee and and the, and so we have some of their coffee and it's really cool because in the Middle East they actually don't really brew the coffee the same way we do. They kind of just throw in hot, they throw in the the grinds and then just throw in the hot water. So it kind of is like steeping in the coffee as it's, you know, being poured. And, you know, you get grounds on top of your coffee, but you can kind of mix it and it'll be all right. But it's just a super fascinating way that they do it. And then there's also like this spice. I forget the name of it, but they, that they put in with it. And it's, it's very fascinating of a spice. And, you know, when we were actually in Jerusalem, the guy was like, yeah, you, you have to have it in here. Like we don't make the coffee any other way. Like if you don't want it, then you're just not getting coffee. <laughs> uh, so that was wild in itself. We actually walked this back trail to the monastery, which was absolutely incredible. I, and again, I'm going to have to figure out a way to put my, um, put my photos into like a slide and maybe I'll do a bonus episode where I just kind of like run through the slides and say like okay like on this photo this happened on this photo that happened let me know if you guys want that uh because i think that'd actually be super dope and maybe i'll just do that for my own sake it'll kind of be like a a walk through our adventures and just kind of go through every picture which you know let me know if you guys are interested in that i'll definitely hook that up Let's see here. So we made it to the monastery, which is so cool. If you're a hiker, like take that back route. Like there's so many stairs. It was probably, I think we checked it out. It was probably like 50 flights of stairs. We ended up walking or something, but it, it is fucking worth it. Like if you hike at all, if you want to see a cool, you know, landscape and layout, just go and do it, go the back route and go and see the monastery. And the way that we actually came up on the monastery was, is, you know, there's this huge kind of like open area. Like we were following the trail for a long time and we get to it and like the trail kind of diverges again into these different paths. And we're like, shit, man, like I don't know where to go. There were some like kind of houses up on the left or on the right, but then on the left, there were like these little enclaves and we're like, all right, well, we're here. So let's go check out these enclaves, like little caves essentially. And, you know, some of them were like guarded off so that you wouldn't fall down into a hundred foot deep hole and so we're kind of like looking and we're like just like all right like we don't really know where to go and we're like all right well maybe we head up by those tents in those houses and see what's up there to see because maybe there will be something you know and as we start walking up my brother goes oh shit and he's behind me and i'm like what and i kind of turn around off to my left side and as i'm turning i can see like the edge of the monastery and i'm like shit like this thing is fucking huge and I like put my head back down. I'm like, no, I don't want to see it like this for the first time. So I kind of like turn my head back down to the sand and I just kind of start running up the hill. I start running, you know, technically away from it up the hill. And so once I get to the top of the hill, I kind of like turn around and look. And it was 
absolutely insane. It was probably two and a half times the size of the treasury. Absolutely beautiful. I have no idea how they did it. I just was in awe. Awestruck for sure. I'll, I put it on my story, but I know I'm going to throw up uh, some more pictures regarding that in the future. But shit, dude, I was just overwhelmed with it. It was amazing. I need a second here just to appreciate it all. So then after that, we ended up pack going back down, met up with my dad, left left Petra. A Jordanian, hey, also here's the thing. Jordanian barbecue is on point. Try Jordanian barbecue if you have a chance. Absolutely phenomenal. I think it rivals Brazilian barbecue. I'm not exactly sure who I put at the top of the list, but of all the countries I've been to, Jordanian and Brazilian barbecue are at the top. Sorry, America. Sorry, Israel. Sorry, Egypt. But those two are at the top. I've got to try more Jordanian barbecue in the future because it could be Brazil. Sorry, Brazilians. I know there's a couple of you out there, but sorry, I got to say it. Um, also, uh, also a huge thing I want to, I want to touch on here is that the media kind of lies to us. Well, surprise, surprise. I think we all already knew that, (laughs) but especially in the idea of being afraid to go to the middle East, because, you know, I've now been to Jordan and Egypt, which are probably two of the safest, you know, middle Eastern countries, but I want to highlight that, like, go. Just go go to these places. Like your Americans and tourists in general are pretty much protected citizens here. Like I don't think I think it's pretty you know property theft and property damage is pretty like bad in you know Muslim culture. And so then you add on top of that the fact that you're a tourist and they you know want to promote tourism. Like you're going to be safe. Like you're you're safer than the people that actually live there. So just go like go stimulate these economies. Go check it out because these places are absolutely insane, breathtaking, inspiring to think like that. We can't even replicate like the treasury, for instance, like we can't even replicate it today. Like they're still trying to figure it out and still can't recreate it, which they know how they did it, allegedly. (laughs) And say they go through the pyramids like we think we know how they how they did it, but they just we just can't. So go just absolutely go. Don't even consider it if you have any fear of it. You know, I hate to say it, but you've been lied to. <laughs> Just go. And yeah, so yeah. Oh, but then when we're leaving Israel, that brings me to the next like trip of like just the way like Israeli airports are set up. It just feels so archaic. And I actually even posted on my story that when we were leaving Tel Aviv, I had probably the most barbaric experience in an airport in israel which kind of blew my mind because like I, w- I feel like israel's like you know essentially a first world country they should have their shit figured out but it was absolute chaos trying to get our tickets like they didn't open up until in a- three hours before the flight took off there was also confusion about our flight because there was a time switch and the a- plane was actually leaving an hour after what it was on the ticket excuse me so there was a whole bunch of confusion in just the airport there. People were like pushing people out of the way. You know, you're, the people were like cutting. My dad has bad knees and is trying to like walk. And we're like, dude, like you're cutting us. Like, can you please just let our dad go? He's got bad knees. Like, we need to get out of here. And they're like, oh, well, like we have bad knees too. And then they sit there and start <laughs> fucking 
moving their knees like that they actually have fat knees. I just like, dude, this is so crazy. And like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, again, it goes back to everything in Israeli culture that I saw is that the people are pretty rude. I, I hate to say it, but like, man, I, you know, that's the one thing to be ready for that I was not ready for. But let's not be negative. Let's move along. Cairo. We showed up in Cairo and, oh, dude, these pyramids. Insane, man. Like, I don't know what it is, but just emotionally speaking, I've teared up like a couple of times. It's like it's like that feeling of like you're about to kind of like almost throw up, but it just like per- just came out in like some tearing up fashion. I don't know what to say. Like, you know, I even walking into the the king's chamber which is like in the middle of the is in the middle of the pyramid like i i was tearing up man i'll be real like it was just overwhelming with energy and i guess the question becomes you know is that just me putting emotional energy in these places or is there actually some cosmic significance to this location on earth with the amount of you know this rock that is in this specific location and quite frankly, I would err on the side that it's a little bit of both. You know, I just fuck. Like, I'm looking at them right now, and I just. Uh, yeah. Um, when I went to the king's tomb, I chilled inside there for a bit, meditated. And quite frankly, I think I'm going to go again later today. Like, it was just uh, it was so, so incredible. I want to go and just sit in there and meditate for you know, maybe 20 minutes or so and just absorb all the energy that it has to offer. I just want to go back already. I've been staring at it, but just being inside the Great Pyramid and thinking to yourself, I'm inside the Great Pyramid. It's just such a such a trippy and just awe-inspiring thing. And quite frankly, getting into the King's Chamber is crazy in its own rights, but I'll leave that to you, let you experience that for yourself. But let's zoom back out. Cairo. Traveling in Cairo. The absolute most crazy bonkers thing in the entire world is when you want to cross the street and the traffic. It is wild. Like, you essentially need to just keep walking and just trust that you'll make it. Because, like, if it's a five-lane highway, you just got to almost play Frogger and take it one lane at a time and people will acknowledge the fact that you're now crossing and kind of slow down accordingly to let you go. And I don't understand how people pull it off. Like even the dogs, <laughs> even the dogs are able to cross like these five way busy highway and, and maybe they're never perfect, but like, I, you know, they're all fucking savages about it. Like you'll see them just like looking like across the street for a while and then like even play the frogger on their own rights. It, it's so wild. And I even saw like an eight or 10 year old girl, like, you know, imagine, imagine like you're traveling, you're on like the highway of some sort and you see an eight to 10 year old girl with like an ice cream cone, just kind of like looking and just like very casually crossing the road. And it's like, it's just wild. Like it's absolutely wild. The way that they drive the way that, excuse me, the way that they drive, the way that they like are able to have this continuous flow like at one point we were like on the right side of the highway and needed to cross over the left side to get to the other place. And it's just, it's so fluid. Like you just kind of go and you like, kind of just like wiggle your way through the opening as it's there. And we really haven't seen any traffic or any accidents for that matter. 
but the traffic never stops either, which is crazy. Like they have this unique ability. If you just keep going to just go. And <laughs> the other thing that's crazy is like I was saying earlier is like, it would be like four or five lanes wide, but there was no like lines on the road. Like it was just go wherever you're able to find room and you'll make it happen. It's, it's a wild thing to experience. I tried taking some videos, but it doesn't even capture the real essence of it all. Uh, yeah. And so many horns. I also have that written here. Like the horn is, it has to be the most replaced part on a car. Like you could probably come to Cairo and open up a horn shop and make a killing here because it's just everything. It's just everything like a, Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. Like a and then they were even like playing songs at a certain, a certain point. It's, it's just like another form of communication. Like the horn is it They utilize it as a tool of communication. It's just crazy in its own rights. Uh, and the other thing is like 75% of the cars that we've been in, they don't use their seatbelts, which I found this absolutely crazy too, is that they're, they're just, they have the seatbelts there, but at certain points, they're just either, there is no actual metal piece of the seatbelt to click in, or they like try to like hide the seatbelt in the back or the clasp where you would plug it into is like stuffed below the seat. And they'd even like say basically not to use it. I don't know if there's some rule or law against like Ubers not being allowed to have seatbelts in the back seat. I don't know what's going on there, but just they don't really use seatbelts, which I don't even know. There's even one instance where our driver didn't use his seatbelt. And the entire time you would hear the seatbelt like beep, beep. You'd hear that thing going off for like the entire car ride. And it's just like, oh, gosh. Crazy stuff, guys. Crazy stuff. Yeah, so um, also yesterday, if you didn't know, March 28th, it's my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Turned 28 on the 28th. So golden birthday year. Kicked it off by looking at the pyramids. Yeah, so everything's good in life, man. Like, I'm just, this year is going to be wild. And I'm so glad that you guys are here to come with it. Um, Where do we go from here? I have no idea. But the sky's the limit, right? The top of the pyramid is the limit. Uh, but yeah, next week, what we got planned? We're going to a swan. We're going to see uh, Abu Simbal. We're going to see all these crazy temples all throughout the Nile. And I think the next time I'll check in, I'll be in Luxor recording. I also need to figure out what I'm going to do with episode 30. I think I'm just going to do a big review episode. But regardless, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Go check out episode 28 which was released on the 28th so hopefully that has some significant impact as well um a lot of cool stuff in there a lot of cool stuff coming up i'm rambling this is now the longest catch-up with clayton we've had hopefully stayed in tune also go check out the digital course i have i need to do a better job of promoting this and this is me promoting it go check it out it's on my website travelingtoconsciousness.com it's on the first page Guys, go. It, you get 60-day free trial. Like You can go buy it. If in 60 days you learn nothing, if you learn absolutely nothing, I will give you your money back. This course is basically how I was able to transform my life into doing what I feared, finding myself looking at the pyramids, giving this broadcast to you guys. Go check it out. It'll. I, I promise you that it'll change your life. It'll 
at least change the way that you look at your life and give you the tools that you're able to put yourself in the driver's seat. You will be able to live your life however you want. Maybe traveling the world isn't what you want to do with your life, which is totally cool, but you'll know that. At the end of that thing, you will know, okay, I'm not, you'll know why you're doing what you're doing and you'll know where you want to take your life. I'm, I'm handing you the keys to the city, you know? So go try it out. 60 day free trial. Just do it. I can't stress it enough. It's so good. With that being said, thank you for listening. Hopefully more. Well, I know there's gonna be more great content on the way. <sighs> These pyramids, man. Well, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. Thanks you for being a conscious monkey. So many great things are coming on the way. I'm just uh, overwhelmed with energy. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And let's keep growing together.